Action. Hi, everyone. <laughs> well, isn't this weird? I bet you guys didn't think we would actually do a podcast, because I feel like most of the time we're going, hey, what do you guys want to hear? And you're like, podcast, actually. People said that, Rachel. We <laughs> were like four. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, we're doing a podcast, so this is Access Hockey MI Podcast. I'm Janae. I'm Rachel. She's Rachel. Together, we make the entirety of Access Hockey. There's no... We are the only Access Hockey you know. That's it. Access Hockey it. MI, yeah. where the hockey season never ends. So, um, quick before we start, watch our previous video that we just posted on YouTube about Moritz Cider, the Red Wings' uh, first-round draft pick. It's very interesting. It's up now on YouTube. Today, what I kind of want to preface this as is telling you guys what... Did I say preface like four times already? Preface. No, you said it once. Oh, okay. I think it's a what I want to start out <laughs> by saying is that this podcast is going to be a bunch of different things. It's going to be the NHL, the AHL, the USHL. It's going to be comprehensive, and it's going to be more than just the Red Wings as well, because mm-hmm. Rachel and I both care about all of hockey. We're equal opportunity <laughs> hockey fans. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, we... We really care about every aspect of the sport. We are getting more, I think, this this season and last season, more into other teams, figuring out um, all that kind of stuff. And now I'm rattling too much. But we, <laughs> I had a dream. This is not Martin Luther King. This is way less cool. <laughs> I had a dream. And Rachel almost died when I said this. I did. What if Martin Brodeur came back to the Devils? I'm telling you, man. New Jersey. So my dream opens, and Brodeur's crying, right? Just won the cup, you know, because oh. he won three oh. cups with them. He's never played enough. 21 seasons with the New Jersey Devils. Mm-hmm. He won three cups with the New Jersey Devils. And what if, and I woke up and I thought, you know, he didn't come back. He didn't come back. He didn't come back. <laughs> Just waiting to check the internet and see if he actually made a comeback. But Rachel and I, when we were watching the draft, this past draft, mm-hmm. watching all of our favorites get drafted... Shout out to Igor Afanasev. Shout out to Hunter Skinner. Shout out to Mark Delgazzo. You guys are great. Hello. We thought to ourselves, of course you knew Jack Hughes was going. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. and it was kind of a who's going to take him. You know, if it was going to be, if he was going to be first or second. He ended up being first. And then, <laughs> what happened, Rachel? Well, Subban. Yes. It was a major trade. Subban to he Jersey. Subban from the Nashville Predators. Yes. And Rachel and I looked at each other almost at the same time. Probably not, but in my head it was like this. It was probably like in sync where you were doing it physically and I was just mentally kind of turning. Going, yeah. oh, you know what? That's kind of crazy. But me and Rachel, Rachel and I, to correct my grammar, <clears throat> turned to each other and said, they're trying to do something. They're so that's the preface up. of this podcast. And I don't, like, We just want to talk about how Jersey is making... Extremely vivacious choices. Yeah. Especially with this offseason and the draft. Everyone knew that they were probably going to pick Hughes. That was just kind of a given. But with the Subban thing, that was like the red flag. Mm -hmm. Funny, their color's red. Crazy. What? (laughs) That's pretty nutty. (laughs) But, But the fact that they got Subban and Hughes in the same day. And they're starting to make all these really wacky trades, and you're hearing all these rumors and stuff. And the free agency and the trading is, I think that's where most teams are built. Yeah, drafting high is great, but a lot of teams are built with those just what seem to be almost flippant and outlandish trades. I was going to say, they're at least very important. So a little background on P.K. Subban. The reason we say this is because Subban is known widely in the NHL 
as a chippy mm-hmm. offensive defenseman. And I said if, earlier that he's a jerk. He, he, <laughs> he is. Can be. He's the guy you don't want to play against, right. but you want on your team because he's going to defend and mm-hmm. he's going to get some points in the yeah. process. He's kind of like um, how I think that Bufflin is. Yes. For, for Winnipeg. Yes. He's the gritty, get it in there, get it done kind of guy. Yeah. He will literally hard drag nose. people out of scrums if yeah. he has to. Definitely hard nose, yeah. and he's a point producer yeah. too. And as a defenseman, that can be a little hard, mm-hmm. especially in the NHL where you've got everybody on you to get the puck into their zone or into your zone. And I think that that is a huge deal for New Jersey because mm-hmm. they are mostly, they've been known in the past as a defensive mm-hmm. team. So to get a defenseman who's offensive and to get Jack Hughes in the draft, who's, of course, offensive um, as a centerman, he, they're going to work together. But a little backstory on New Jersey. They've won three cups. They've won five conference championships and nine division championships. So they, for a long time, have been sleeping because the last time they made – well, not a long time, but the last <laughs> time they made the playoffs was 17-18. Well, I mean, 2000. Three since the last time they won a cup. That's, that's yeah. a long time to go. Yep. Without. So their first cup, and I watch old games. We watch. I really wish y'all could see how her hand is moving right now. It's like <laughs> you if you know picture her videos, her hands are like attacking the camera, and it's just this one. <laughs> if you hear the hand. wind, it's my hand just coming across. <laughs> it's just not actually a fan or anything, though. It's like a hundred degrees. It's just her hand fanning the recorder. <laughs> anyway, so the last time they made the playoffs was in seventeen eighteen, and what I was gonna say is we watch old games all the time. It's like one of our favorite things to do to find an old NHL game. You know the, those old time games. Where We're it's not just, crazy. You're crazy. Ex- come on, you all, you all do it. And I if you like don't, you show good. though that our Google transcript automatically typed Bufflin right. Nice. Yeah, check that out. We're recording the transcript. It says Bufflin right. That's awesome. But anyways, so um, <laughs> we got the last time they got in was seventeen eighteen with Tampa. But the first time they won the cup, or sorry, they were beat by Tampa in the seventeen eighteen season. But um, the first time they won the cup, they swept. Detroit Red Wings. So that is one final. I will not Google and I will not watch. Can't like, watch it. I'm not going to watch, watch that. it. It hurts my heart still. <laughs> like we're sure we're equal opportunity, but I don't want to watch my Red Wings still get decimated. <laughs> so yeah, they swept them heart. to win their first, and of course Brodeur is in net, which is the premise of all that. But so they're not a losing team. They've been dormant though mm. because they did yeah. miss last year's playoffs. I think highly due to Taylor Hall. Right. Missing about 50 games or more with an injury. I don't think they've been drafting well. I mean, yeah. you know, shoot me via recording if you want to, but I don't think that the team itself over the last 10 seasons or so, we're uh, obviously you look up stats and all that fun stuff, but over the last 10 seasons, there's really not that many guys that have actually made it to NHL rosters. And granted, when you're, you're drafting, these are young kids, you don't know what their international contracts are going to look like and if they're able to even manage U.S. ice, let alone these kids who are 17 and 18. You know, embracing that professional role, but a lot of them, aside from maybe Taylor Hall and Nico Hershier, who I think he was drafted two seasons ago, 2017. Yeah, they're they're the really the only ones that have actually made it to Jersey's team that have made a huge impact. Zach Parise was drafted as well, and obviously everyone knows who Zach Parise is. But out of yeah, their whole bunch, yeah, out of their whole bunch for ten seasons, they haven't been able to develop and retain good yeah. players, and they've got an overall very young team. They've had quite a bit of trouble um, with decisions I think like coaching decisions mm-hmm. I, they've had a lot of turnaround in front office staff and coaching and management and things like that and that's always mm-hmm. going to shake a team I think mm-hmm. and it's because everybody new who comes in is a new direction that comes right. in you know and everybody who needs it's to it's a new goal it's a new structure it's a new idea yeah. of what development so the players are like. trying to play 
players are going to play. <laughs> but that's what they're trying to do. And um, I guess it just got us thinking with this draft, what New Jersey is going to try to do. Because, mm-hmm. of course, everyone's goal as an NHL team is to win the Cup. You don't go right. in. Of course, you can go in and you're like, okay, we're developing. That's kind of a nice way of saying we're, we're not gonna probably going to win the Cup. <laughs> we're in development for the last 10 seasons. Yeah, but there was there's been plenty of times um, in history where an eight seed team, we just watched the Carolina Hurricanes mm-hmm. when they played in 2006. Edmonton. They played against the Oilers. They were, Edmonton was an eight seed in the playoffs, and they were able to make it to the mm-hmm. Stanley Cup Finals. If they had won, they would have beaten out four teams with 100 or more points. And the Oilers, so, too, at that time, they had um, they had Pronger, too. Because they've been sleeping, too. Yeah. There's so many, yep. and I'm telling you guys, if you watch these old games, there's so many teams that have been dormant for so long who used to have these dynasties, you know? And, of yeah. course, everyone knows Edmonton Oilers. Right. They had a dynasty. And, of course, the Montreal Canadians. Had a, yeah. I, I would love to see. I love the Red Wings, but I would love to see – the Canadians take one one year, yeah. or you know, just to get just don't riot. <laughs> what is with Canadians burning cars? <laughs> Such a peaceful people. <laughs> Why you gotta win if you're gonna Why do you gotta this? be like that? <laughs> That's so funny. Just have dignified celebrations. <laughs> Please, I love Tim Hortons. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, that's a Timmy. Thing. Tim Hortons, <laughs> Timmy's. Um, but there's so New Jersey's one of those teams that have been dormant. So we've mentioned a couple names. We've mentioned Jack Hughes, mm-hmm. PK Subban, who by the way is making nine million dollars. Wowza! Um, and then of I'd course Taylor Hall for nine million dollars. Right, but I do think that PK Subban, in his personality, mm-hmm. is someone who likes to get stuff going, and yeah. I think that he's a good guy for that because he's always got energy. He's gritty. I think that's yeah. yeah, he's gritty, and I think that that's important mm-hmm. for this. But I think team. paired like with with Taylor Hall, like Hughes, he's a very small. So whether he or not they small, actually yeah. put him in the NHL to start, because he did well at development. I was, you know, reading and watching, and he he did fantastic at development. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate on mm-hmm. the ice in the NHL level. But then again, I mean, we were um, listening, or I was listening to an interview with, with Iserman. Obviously, it's the Wings and it's not Jersey. But he was saying how he's all into just put him in the NHL, see what yeah. happens. It's either AHL or NHL. Pick and one, it's such, up to you. There's but, definitely, that is an argument to be made. Right. Know? And like, we've said it before. Yeah. Is it better Some to? players respond better that way. And in being, and for with the being to Devils in Jersey, They've struggled a little bit mm-hmm. to get consistency. I mean, they had even they took our Eric Tangrady last season, but and he did great. He well, and great, now but, former Griffin Ben Street was yep. also traded, so he's with Binghamton, and I do believe yeah. it's a um, a two week contract, so he can play with New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And Ben Street is a phenomenal he's, he's player, awesome. also very offensive. Yes, very offensive, very very smart. Yes. but I think with their development too, they're trying to figure out where that works. But so to feed a system. And a team who's also very young right now with also young and underdeveloped players, it's just not going to work. So yeah. I think they're looking for that veteran, that, that veteran smarts, which Subban has. I mean, if and you look Taylor back, Hall. He, and Taylor I mean, Hall, he was yeah. a 2010 first as round draft Yeah, as long as he, stay, he can stay healthy, that kid can produce. But, yeah. I mean, if you look back in 2002, um, they made a trade with the Stars. So they got uh, Jamie Langenbrunner and Joe Neuendijk off of that, who ended up being in the top five of their scorers during that season, leading them to the Cup, yeah. along with Scott Stevens, who was dra- who was he was um, traded for back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. So you have these these dynamite players who they made really rash and expensive trades for, or seemingly or rash seemingly and rash and expensive, and it ended up turning out to be in their favor because they saw that aggressive need for offense. And they needed to be more competitive, so they took the risk and, and rolled the dice on it. And I think yeah. that's what they're doing with Subban and 
potentially throw him huge I mean, in the mix there, too. I mean, honestly, is, is it rolling the dice when you're getting a player as you see Subban's yeah. good? Like, yeah. he's a consistent I do player. wonder what, what are they going to do. And I you mean, see Jack Who knows? Brodeur might come out of retirement. <laughs> you never know. If They've got Mackenzie Blackwood, who is also, he's a very good goalie. And Schneider. And, and you know what? I was looking at their stats, and their goaltending, I don't think that there's a problem there. No. Based on stats, I will say that I don't watch a lot of... Based on stats, needs Yes. <laughs> we do like a lot of puns. So if you catch, if you catch on those, <laughs> so much do let us know. But I was looking at the stats of their goaltenders, and based on stats alone, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like they have a goaltending issue. But no. I mean, Brodor coming back would be right. that would be amazing. I mean, we saw Lemieux came back; he retired, yeah. and he came back yeah, because he, he bought the Pittsburgh Penguins. Well, it was he, reju- to rejuvenate. Yes, the team. so he yeah. well because they were going to go bankrupt. And yep. I can't remember what year, but he bought the Pittsburgh Penguins. I he think came he was out of retirement. Well, he sure. came out of retirement to rejuvenate the crowd mm-hmm. and the team and clearly it worked. I yeah. mean and I I do believe Sidney Crosby got to play with him, which was he did. probably yeah, it was, a dream he probably was wet his pants. He probably did wet his <laughs> pants. <laughs> we a all know times. what Sidney Crosby does. Cries. Dies. And wets his pants. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Crosby wets his pants. <laughs> but anyway. But no, like looking at their roster, I mean you're right, they don't have a goaltending issue. Blackwood and Schneider have proven to be very good goaltenders. Yeah. And Blackwood, I mean, they drafted him a couple seasons ago. So he's one of theirs that have made it up through the chain. Yeah. I think we even saw him with Benning Ben Bennington. Nice. Not Bennington. Ben Ben you know what I mean? Binghamton. Binghamton I was Devils. I Binnington because I'm thinking of Jordan Binnington. Clarify, he's she's trying to say the Binghamton Devils, the AHL I'm just going to claim that I have a speech impediment, but I don't, except now. But Mackenzie Blackwood, he's one of those that have made it up through the developmental line, but when you add, I mean, they've got a young team overall, so there's yeah. some guys on here that I'm like, I don't even know who that guy is. He's kind of not a no-namer, but not someone who stands out, but then you look at it, and they've got guys like uh, Travis Zajac. Mm-hmm. He's one of their their alternate captains, but he's been in the league for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's only what an eighty five birth year, yeah. but he's also a center, so he can be a good tool for Hughes if he makes it that far. Yeah. They've and got Wayne Simmons, who yeah. we know from got, when yeah. he was when, with Philly. Mm-hmm. He is also an extremely gritty, get under your skin and in your face player. So him and Subban will probably have a pretty good relationship. Yeah. I think he's a jerk as well, <laughs> but that's just because he doesn't play for I us. I was thinking, and this is kind of off topic, but I was thinking how annoying it probably was to play against, I mean, to play against the grind line in the 90s, but yeah, that's, sometimes you need that grit, because yeah. the grit pushes a team, I think, Do you sometimes. think Jersey's going to try to bring back something like the crash line, or the grind line, or the Legion of Doom, and just kind of make those intense <sighs> lines of interesting. things? Interesting. I believe it was somewhat it was it was scott stevens of the new jersey devils who it's the aggressive pointing finger happening who sidelined um who did you just say what was the name you just said which name i was throwing out a lot of names. oh eric lindros you said lindros. you said legion of doom yeah. so he sidelined eric lindros he gave really? him a concussion yeah that's intense yeah so that I mean, was just kind of I mean, I don't like either of them, but, oh, I mean, gosh. whatever. I mean, it's water under the bridge. It's over Anyway, so, basically, in all of this, Rachel and I, Axis Hockey and I... That's us. ...believe that Jersey is trying to do something in this Stanley mm-hmm. Cup. And I'm not saying win a cup. That's everyone's goal, of right. course. But I'm thinking they're trying, of course, to make a playoff round. And I don't think it's out of the question, no, personally, no. especially with who they've got. My first question would be mm-hmm. to you... Do you think that Jack Hughes would immediately go to? I know it's a little early. It, it is, is early. early. I think, um, I think, given his hype 
and kind of what they did, uh, what the Montreal did with uh, Kokinyemi, mm-hmm. and what Carolina did with Svechnikov this last season, and what they did um, in uh, Buffalo with Rasmus Dahlin. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Rasmus, and that's Detroit. <laughs> Rasmus The Dallin. file folders in my head are getting confused. But with them, I think they might just do the same thing. Just throw him in there. He's a big hype guy. And so I think in order to kind of ride his momentum and his pride right now, not saying it's a bad thing, but he's on this... I got drafted first, hi, I just signed a really big fat contract, and mm-hmm. I'm still with my vertical license kind of thing. Yeah. So with that, I think they're going to try to ride that, see how he does the first little bit, yeah. and you know, kind of take it from there. They I don't could. think he'll be, he'll be a fourth liner to start, I think. Third I think liner. that, because like you said with um, Andrei Sveshnikov with Carolina Hurricanes, he mm-hmm. started right away in Carolina and proved to be a good choice for them Mm -hmm. he also is much bigger and I know that a lot of people are going to give flack because they don't think size matters but size definitely matters I think to a point it does and of course sometimes your skill can over because they got that's what I'm saying you could do the protection so if you look in history of course again you're going to see that a lot of the star players Mm -hmm. had a protector or at least guys on the team who could protect them as well. And they do end up getting some of that grit themselves. Not saying that Hughes couldn't defend himself. Right, and not saying he needs protection. But say he plays and he gets injured, like, second game or third game or something, you know, and then what do you do from there? You sideline your player. And then, you know, was that a good choice or then not? Then his but whole development is sidelined and everything just gets put on hold. You're spending really, useless money. It really, I think it could go either way. They right. could start, like you said, for the hype, or they might start him. In, I just can't see him with Binghamton. I, 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 can't, can't. I can't see him there in the AHL I level. There's, and, like, I love the AHL. It's a fantastic league. But oh, yeah. I think with his level, I think they're going to have to almost match mm-hmm. the hype that he did get in order to make it worth their while. Kind of like, I think Capo Caco, who was Capo. the second round pick, I think he'll start. He'll start up for sure. Yeah. But I think that so quickly because he's bigger. He is. Well, it's an advantage, too. And Jack Hughes was interviewing all the smaller guys, like same with Joey Hicketts. It was something with him and same with Zadina. Zadina is not a big kid. And, you know, he's got to pack on an easy 30 before he's actually going to be able to hold his own in the NHL. Not Mm -hmm. saying he won't make it before then, but I digress. But with Hughes... They've talked to him, and he's like, the size doesn't bother me. I, I know I'm up against a big league. These are full-grown men. These are 30-year-old guys yeah. who are not afraid to body-check a kid if you're in the way of the puck. Yeah. And he mentally, I think, is prepared for that. Yeah. Physically, I think it's going to take – he's going to have to have a, the most incredible if summer he wants to, And I think you know, he, he's got to know this. If he wants to make it, he has to do the work yeah. to make it. And yeah. he's got to – I think I he's don't got think, a good work ethic for yeah, it, though. For he sure. hasn't made it this far because he's a slacker or anything. Yeah, but not. I think bringing on guys like Simmons and what, like Subban, those are guys that are they're, they're going to be the enforcers. Enforcers always have a place in NHL. Yeah. There's no way you're getting rid of them. It's because players like Hughes, they need the space to do the skill level type stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say those other guys don't have the skill, but they're, they're two-way. Mm-hmm. They're multifaceted players where they can be... The, the gritty punch you in the face if you touch this kid kind right. of people, but they can also score. Right, yeah. Kind of like then, Ovi, except he's more of like a <laughs> like a bear on skates. <laughs> yes, <laughs> if you can imagine a, a, and he kind of growls like one. More of a graceful bear. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, he's graceful. Sometimes, he's, other times pretty chippy. It's the but constant yelling and growling. There right is now. that question. I, I'm not even sure if this is like a real thing nowadays, <laughs> but do you think that Again in history. <laughs> <laughs> when I was your age. <laughs> We've seen a lot of star duos work out. Yeah. In more recent years, it's Malkin and Crosby, yep. Kane and Taze. They mm-hmm. work great together. Um, of course, you know, different lines sometimes, but 
you know, two players that you would think would star clash. Right. Don't. You know, they work well together. Or they can balance other lines. Yeah. Yeah. And same with, like, Gretzky and Messier when they were on the Oilers together. Um, Do you think there would be a star clash with someone like Taylor Hall when he's Mm -hmm. healthy and Jack Hughes? I can see it in the beginning. Because um, I think Taylor Hall, he's he's been in the league. Because they're going to both want to prove yeah. themselves, well, especially Hughes. Exactly, Hughes is going to be out to obviously make a big point as a rookie. I can see him really trying hard to break records all over the place, which I think he probably could. Mm-hmm. But Hall has the maturity and the authority, being an alternate that he is. I think there's going to be a little bit of that going on, where it's almost like, okay, well, we're teammates here, but this is. How I do I things, like, and there might be some yeah. disagreements with style, I perhaps. like the veteran aspect that Hall brings mm-hmm. to it. And a quick note, last season he was injured for about 50-ish games, but he still, in 33 games, had 37 points. That kid produces, and he's, <laughs> he's not like, a kid. He's like, he's, yeah, he's like 28. Yeah. But, um, I missed a little bit of time there. I'm just going to score a bunch. Yeah, so I just think that that's great, and I think any kind of offense that team can get is going to help them. I mean, mm. teams aren't going to turn away offense, and I think no. that those two guys, whether together or separate, are going to just do great things. I mean, mm-hmm. um, Hall is a winger, and Hughes is a center, so right. they could sit, right. be same I line. think they could feed off each other, and I yeah. think Hall has the mental maturity to be able to kind of guide Hughes For sure, that and way. I just think that... I just can't imagine they're petty, you know, like my concern, my concern always with rookies coming in. Um, and this is kind of across the board is that there's going to be so much expectation on one and two where they suddenly go from being in juniors. I mean, because we watched Hughes last season in juniors, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of hype, obviously. And we're like, oh, yeah, that kid's really good. But so was the entire development team. That yes. team, obviously, they proved it in the draft this year. They were an incredible team. Yeah. Whenever we faced with Muskegon, I hated watching them because I knew they were going to kill us. Not or kill, not us, kill us, but, but they just they have an elite skill. They were going to make us work really, team. really, really hard. <laughs> that's why they get that team. But with, with those rookies, there's always kind of like the underlying concern that they're mentally going to beat themselves down so much to the point where they can't, they almost can't produce. And it depends on the mental yeah. aspects too. Like where are they at with their game and how they focus the media, how they block that kind of stuff out, and how they just you know they get out on the ice, they do their job. A yeah. lot of them just kind of say that. So I think that would be my concern with Hughes. He's had a lot more notoriety than True. many of the other first rounders. And I've points are easier to come past. by in the USHL mm-hmm. than they are in the NHL. Yep. So he so what he happens, had a some you know, hundred and some points yeah. last year in the so, USHL. But. Yeah, and you wonder how they're going to handle it when a couple weeks go by. Oh, Jack Hughes hasn't scored that many points but yet. I you think know, that the, they've got a locker room behind them telling them points will come. You hear that yep. so often in interviews. Like, you know what? Because mm-hmm. I think the media really likes to be like, well, why aren't you scoring? And right. why are you helping your team? It's, a, it's another and, story. Yeah, it's another and, and they sit there and they go, points are going to come. I just got to play my game, which is so true. Mm-hmm. And it just... I mean, if you overthink it, I know for me, I'm not an athlete, but if I overthink something, it's not going to go well. No. And I think they just, they have, they, they're skilled players. They just have to play their game. And it sounds like a cliche, but. It, it's true though. It's yeah. true. So I think at the end of it, I think that Brodeur is probably going to come out of retirement. <laughs> um, we're just laying this plane right here. I think Brodeur should come out of retirement. He could probably kill it still. I, th- I would like he to see He might get that. a hernia, but he would stop the puck at least. I, I would like to it. see that personally. But I think it's incredible. And he currently is, for anyone who doesn't know, he currently works as the executive vice president um, mm-hmm. of the New Jersey Devils. He left the St. Louis. So he played 21 seasons with the New Jersey Devils, was traded to St. Louis. 
He might have been a free agent. Don't quote me on that. (laughs) And then um, worked for St. Louis after his retirement. And then just 18, 19 seasons started working Mm -hmm. for the Devils. So it's super cool to see him on stage when he's drafting people. And I bet it's super cool for him to be. I prefer him being on stage (laughs) instead of in the crease when we're playing them, honestly. (laughs) But uh, needless to say, we both think that New Jersey is doing something this year. Yeah. Yeah, And I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, They've got a lot of cap space to work with. They do, which is incredible. So keep keep an eye out on New Jersey. Um, I hope you liked this first installment of a podcast. Um, It's literally us just sitting at our table. (laughs) With coffee. With coffee, talking hockey. Yep, so let us know what you think. And that's it. And that's a wrap. Have a great day. (laughs) Or night, or wherever you are listening to this. Peace out. Peace.